Hi everyone, welcome to the Infrastructure Network. Today we have the Stilt team. We got Harry, who's the CEO. We got George, who's the CMO. And we got Shmuel, stay it the right way. Do it right. That's right, Shmuel. Shmuel, it's <laughs> that. Anyway, we got you guys, <laughs> thanks for joining me, man. Truly appreciate it. And I'm gonna, like I said, I'm working on your name and uh, hopefully I don't mess it up too bad. So guys, what is going on with Stilt? You guys are a startup. You guys are in the industry. I know Harry from previously had a new chip accelerator, which is no longer a business. Sorry, I didn't mean to put that out there, but it was a whole thing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'll cut that out. Don't worry. So Harry and I met each other on new chip. And I know a little bit about Harry and, and what he's done with Canopy Vision and, and Monomore Software. And then still has been one thing he was working on. Sure. How well, did you guys get together? Yeah, so I, I started Harry, still, back in 2017 and it was kind of... Um, you know, a company that I started from my experiences at, at Mosaic in the industrial world. And a uh, little of less than a year ago, uh, got to know Benji, who was one of George and Shmuel's friends and um, was looking to change up some stuff on Stilt, try to bring some more sales and marketing energy to the company. We were very technical focused. And uh, these guys came on board and it's been just an awesome transformation. We work really well together and we've really been doing a lot with sales and marketing, um, learning a lot, entering into new customer segments. Um, so yeah, these guys are just a great fit for the company and it's a really good team. So Shmuel, how did you meet uh, Harry and how did you guys work like together? how did you guys get together? It's a good question. So actually, the core of the team was uh, me, uh, our colleague Benji and George, we all grew up together. We're from the Cleveland area. And we recently transitioned to uh, transitioned to Florida. And Benji actually made the incredible introduction to Harry. And we all kind of put our brains together. We all come from different backgrounds. Um, I was in the like financial lending and sales background. Um, and we all kind of have our, our core that we bring to the table. So Benji introduced us to Harry right away. I felt like still uh, with a company that we're now working for had an amazing fit for, you know, my future growth in, in my profession. And I felt that together, you know, we could accomplish something great. So being best friends with me, George and Benji and meeting Harry, we kind of introduced Harry into our group and it's been incredible, you know, having him with us. That's awesome. So George, how did you fit in all this? You, you knew Shmuel and you knew Benji and then met with Harry? Yeah. So um, Benji is, he's not on the call today, but he's one of the hardest working dudes I know. Um, and we're all just constantly thinking of ways like, you know, how do we better ourselves? Benji threw in our group chat, hey, came across this uh, company that seems really promising. This individual Harry is looking for some folks to bring energy to the sales and marketing uh, efforts going on. Why don't you hop on a call, check it out. Harry gave us a demo of Stilt. Um, the app uh, and what it does really aligned with me as a person. I'm a process-oriented individual. Um, this is a process-oriented tool. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's put our chips on the table here, get involved and see, um, you know, bet on ourselves and, and make it happen. Yeah. Nice. So what kind of construction background did you get? Were you guys in construction, Shmuel and George? Were you guys in construction? I'll let Shmuel go. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm actually like for this part, I'm gonna let Harry take it away. Harry is <laughs> the uh, he'll be shy, so I'll just you know I'll toot his horn for him. He is like the mastermind in that field. Yeah. In addition to that, you know, a mastermind in the software space, and I think his background in both is what really you know brings the puzzle together. So Harry, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. In, in yeah. Construction yeah. and industrial world. I love. I love how he's going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I Go graduated Harry. college 2013 and went to work for Mosaic, who's one of the largest fertilizer producers in the world. And they have really large industrial facilities. And that's where I worked. I also spent some time in the copper industry uh, prior to that, uh, copper mining industry. But the problem at a lot of these industrial facilities is you've got a lot of work that goes on. You have a lot of contractors and the work is sometimes poorly managed. Sometimes there's very bad communication. You see a lot of work that's communicated by, you know, hallway conversations or notes scribbled on a whiteboard. Um, and these plants are very reactive. You know, people are just running all over the place to try to fix stuff and keep the plant running. So that was kind of, you know, I lived in that world and saw a lot of problems with work management. And that was, that was really the, the pain point that, that tempted me to create Stilt, to leave my job in that industry and to start Stilt initially. Um, and so I and I've continued to be involved in that industrial space. As far as the construction space, not, you know, construction itself, like new construction, not so much uh, exposure to that industry, but you see a lot of it within the industrial world. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're, so you have a solution obviously to organize, make it more efficient, all the work order processes that a lot of industries and construction companies have. I mean, those are the target, but I know Harry, originally it was about the, um, construction as far as, scaffolding. Um, yeah, that's right. Still was still the, comes from scaffolding. Yeah, 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 scaffolding stuff. Right. So that's, that's so interesting. So is that yeah, still that's, a target? I mean, scaffolding like, is still, a, still an issue. bread and butter. You know, our core customer group is our, our people that are building and dismantling scaffolds. And there's a lot of that at industrial facilities. The reason that still it really helps is because it's a big expense uh, for these facilities. But ultimately, you know, the problems, it boils down to work request and work completion. And it could be installing scaffolding. It could be installing yeah. uh, some plumbing fixtures. It could be repairing an HVAC unit. You know, you can think about work ne needing to be done, services work. And there's just very similar problems, whether you're a residential, commercial, or industrial contractor. A lot of those problems, as we found recently um, in a lot of our outreach, you know, very similar problems across the board. What are the issues or what are contract like what are these businesses doing now just hand by yeah, paper it's a mix. i'll like, actually let george take process? this one because i think uh george process shapiro uh, he he has a good understanding of that um yeah i think it's industry specific um if we're looking at um like the large industrial facilities that use scaffolding i would say um, you know, I'm not as familiar with that aspect of, of the work, but I know that in one of our other markets that we're uh, servicing customers in is commercial um, contractor space. And they're using a mixture of tools that aren't necessarily built 
for the purpose that they're using them for. Some people are using QuickBooks to manage some of their work orders. Um, they're using other softwares out there that are um, built for their trade, but um, maybe they don't realize are um, a little too, um, I don't want to say expensive, but but um, they're underutilizing some of their tools. We just walked through uh, a demo that a customer gave us today of the current software that they're using. And um, she pulls up this really useful spreadsheet or excuse me, this really useful dashboard. And the first words out of her mouth were, I don't use any of this stuff. Um, I just create the most simple work order. I enter the technician's name, click go, and they click start and finish. And then it integrates into my accounting um, system. So we think um, that's a real opportunity in the market is maybe tailoring some of this, um, the workflows more appropriately to how customers are actually using them. Um, as we saw today. I mean, you're talking super simple there. I mean, there's not much to it. You're not getting, I don't think you're getting a lot of KPIs out of that, are you? <laughs> It'd be tough, but <laughs> I wouldn't put it past us. I've uh, had some experience recently with a customer that was using their emails to mm -hmm. do work order management. And I was yep. like, wait, what? <laughs> you can get emails. Outlook calendar. I'm, uh, that's one of my favorites is <laughs> setting reminders in Outlook calendar, but. I'm sure email gets oh, the job yes. done too sometimes. So where do you guys think the massive hiccup is in this industry that you're trying to target? Massive hiccup. Because um, there, hmm. there's a, there, or acceptance, let's put it, you know, because you're talking, you just mentioned something, George, about how simple they mm -hmm. had a, a process set up, right? They're not going to change that. They're not going to switch to a massive, mm -hmm. not a massive software, but a, a software system that they're not used to using. So is it, uh, no acceptance of software? Like what's the hiccup you think? Um, I can answer this one if you want. Like as somebody who's been, you know, running sales and, uh, you know, really trying to grow revenue and, and making sure that we can cater to the right type of clientele. Um, the big thing with any software in the beginning, it's a learning process, right? You know, you're used to a certain type of way of doing business. You have your structure, you know, you know, a core component of your team who does what and at what times they do it, right? And even if the process is not great, it's your process and you are comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of software is overcoming that initial hump of being uncomfortable maybe, right? So that your process for you know the near foreseeable future and for the far out future is gonna be that much more comfortable. And that initial you know, change is sometimes something that a client needs to overcome, right? Whether it comes from the management uh, and filling a new process and just making it the new norm, right? Or whether it comes from our core team doing the onboarding training, you know, to explain and to show how easy it is. Um, I will say, luckily, thank God for our software, the transition has been incredible. You know, when clients truly see the value and how simple the software will make their process, they're a lot more accepting of, okay, well, let's, let's spend a couple of weeks to to learn it, right? Because we know it's going to be so easy. Um, but that's pretty much it. You know, the way you explain things, the way you show things and the way you onboard things, a lot of software companies, they just, you know, they throw an app at you and they say, here's how you use it. You know, boom, just go right mm. with us. We tend to approach a client and really dive into their goals and figure out how is your process conducted already? Because when we 
create and give you software, we wanted to have a streamlined transition from you, you know, you're used to doing things this way, the software will enable you to continue doing things your way. It'll just make it that much easier and open up a lot more roads, um, you know, with any other configurations that you want to add. I, I have a point to add on to. Sorry to cut you off, Chad. No, but good. Go for it. I, I like where Schmuel wrap uh, headed towards the end there. Is, um, one of the things that we're seeing with um, maybe some of the bigger fish out there and some of the bigger problems that they're experiencing is that um, sometimes they even try to build their own software because they think, you know, we're such a big company. We, we, a, we should be able to do this. Maybe ego gets involved. But B, there's so many things to consider. Um, and make a software that actually works. And what we've seen in a couple of instances is um, the there's a disconnect between the development of the software and building something that might look nice behind closed doors versus something that's boots on the ground usable. Um, I think that that is one of the strengths that we bring to the table is um, Harry has boots on the ground experience at large industrial facilities. I have some boots on the ground experience too. I worked at a train engine manufacturing plant. I worked at a metal recycling plant. I worked at a paint tint stock manufacturing plant. Some people call it taint, paint and they're like, it's not paint, it's tint stock. Um, but so I have some of that experience and, and you could see where um, you can sense the frustration where they spend a lot of money and, and sometimes years of time working on something, but there's just the disconnect in actually making it usable. Um, and I think that that's one of the problems that faces the industry is, you know, you, at the end of the day, it needs to be usable no matter what you do or what you build. Yeah, hundred percent. You, you have to have that knowledge of all the processes. And I think that's uh, kind of what you were getting to is you try and build a software, a CEO of a massive company, or maybe not a massive, a middle-sized company is any size company, make, yeah. yeah, any size company. You're right, George. It, so if they are trying to make a decision on whether to build their own software or use some some people that have built software from knowledge that they have through the processes, it's going to be way more intuitive than just trying to create your own and sending mm -hmm. it well, outsourcing it to another country, most likely to get a cheaper price potentially. Yeah, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I've yeah. Seen I've or, seen these systems sometimes. You know, or if you're taking something off the shelf and maybe you're working with a software that is very well known and you hear about it being used so much in the industry. Um, but then you come, it comes down to using it actually for your process and you run into the issue that the individual shared with us today and you come to find out she's really only using it for ABC and maybe, you know, there's a better solution out there that, is more cost effective or actually has the features that she needs. And sometimes people are sitting there and, you know, the, the world wide web's pretty vast. It can be overwhelming to try to look for what actual solution fits your needs um, and whether or not you're, you know, making the right call there. Yeah. Good points. Harry, how are you going to be able to adjust to the field mm -hmm. workers and getting them? Yeah, to that's, that is, you know, a, a hiccup and, Traditionally, in a lot of these heavier industries, um, even in regular service service industries, um, you know, these aren't always they're, they're not kids who are on their phones all the time, right? Using mobile apps in the field could still be a fairly uh, new concept. You know, they, they, these are people who may be 
used to using paper forms for 20 years and now their companies are switching to digital. And so, you know, with Stilt, and I, yeah, I hate to keep bringing up Stilt, but the industry that I grew up in, it was, you know, that those types of people. So being able to put a phone in their hands and say, here, use this tool, it has to be user-friendly. Like you can't get around that. And that is one of the, the complaints that we hear a lot from people is that, oh, it's really hard for our techs to be able to do this in the field, right? Uh, it's, you know, they, they'll, if, they, if it doesn't make sense, they'll just go back to paper. So, uh, you know, from a de design perspective or a product development perspective, uh, a lot of times we'll develop features mobile first. So we develop it first for the phone. We think about the phone. Mm -hmm. We think about how does it look and feel when you're doing it from the field. And then we'll develop for the web where you have a nice big computer screen. You're able to sit down in front of that screen. But, you know, how can we make this feature work on a small screen um, before we implement it? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. Do that. Well, it yeah, the, the the only reason why I say that because it mm. it can make or break a software system as far as getting a sales process completed. Because if you're not watching, and I'm Shmuel, you'll you'll be able to probably elaborate on this more. But if if you don't get buy-in from the people mm -hmm. in the field and the people in the office, it's over. One of, if one of those mm -hmm. say they don't like it, it's it's over. So how are you in the sales process overcoming mm -hmm. a lot of those objections that you might be getting? So. Um, the big thing is like, I will say this, Steve Jobs did a lot of the work for us, right? I think not only America, but the world in general has already created this image of the next wave and the next wave of business growth and the next wave of development is very tech focused, right? A lot of our clients, you know, we started catering to contractors, not just large facilities. These contractors are trying to compete. They're trying to win bids, right? And in a world like today, I'm sorry to break it, but, you know, having a pen and paper and knowing your your trade is not the only thing that's going to get you a job. Right. And it's definitely not going to be sustainable for the long future. So having the software, I think people are a lot more open minded and I don't think they're as, you know, resisting as they once were. I think, in fact, they, you know, they're actually looking at software that may be even more complex than their competitor or something that's more advanced than their competitor. That way they can really, you know, outwin business and, and look a lot more serious um, to when they're competing for, for bids. So what I often hear from clients, you know, and I was working for, give you one live case example. I was working with a company who was using Excel and they were doing a lot of features on Excel and Excel is pretty incredible. Like you could do a whole lot more than, than most people think. But eventually he was saying, one day I know I will simply outgrow it, Right soon it won't have all the capabilities and functions that I want. My business is booming, it's growing, and software is causing me to be more competitive. We want to have software that allows us to one day, you know, if we announce retirement and my kids take over the business, we don't want to have to sit there for the next year retraining the next guy to know, you know, how our processes really work. We want it to be where it's automatic and we want the software to be enabled to have all those components and features. So. Um, to be honest, it's not as difficult as it once was, right? Yeah. The amount of no's that we hear are typically more initial, you know, kind of goosebump, a little bit nervous feelings. But when they really see and understand the value, they're actually, those nerves turn into excitement 
and people are really accepting and, and excited about what the future of software will do for their business. Yeah, no, good response. You're exactly right. You hit a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, competitive bidding. Uh, you know, you think about the advantage when it's a price situation and if they're using older traditional methods, uh, they obviously they're at a disadvantage when it comes to competitive bidding. Um, where do you see your solution mm. really fitting into yeah, that? Yeah, well, this is something we kind of hired you we've, want, whoever wants to chime. kind of helped with pretty early on. We have the ability to white label our technology with our customers' logo and branding on it. So if you're trying, you know, if you're a contractor and you're trying to win a large enterprise level or large commercial bid, um, you're going up against all your other competitors who are frankly offering a very similar service as you. You know, there's really not much differentiation in there. And so when we work with our customers, we allow them to, to, or, you know, we do this for them, essentially, we'll put their logo and their branding, their colors on our technology. So when they go to that bid, they present that customer with, you know, Hey, we're a tech focused contractor. We have this great solution that we've built and it, you know, helps with KPIs. It's a tool that you'll get to access and it really helps them stand out. And we've had customers win you know, many multi-year, multi-million dollar bids through this, through this process. So it really does make them more competitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, good points. It, 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 that's a huge advantage when it comes to low price. It, you know, these days, yep. hopefully it becomes more best value, but you know, it's, it's kind of the way it is, but so hopefully they're using your solution as a best value mm -hmm. maybe too, to win some of those bids as well. That's good stuff. What kind of competitive advantage can you elaborate a little bit more on like that? Um, of mm -hmm. what still gets Yeah, well, you know, if you think about contractor in most of these uh, services based industries at the commercial or at the industrial sector, let's forget about residential for a minute. But at that commercial and as industrial sector, it's still a lot of phone calls and emails to communicate work. And the problem with those is you, you don't get very good tracking around that. You don't know, you know, those calls aren't being recorded that, you know, a lot of work gets done that's not tracked digitally, even though contractor A might be tracking it in their internal system and work requester B, you know, the contractor's customer might be keeping track of it in their system. The communication is not being tracked. And so with stilts, especially when we white label mm -hmm. it, our customers are able to present this sort of this transparent solution to their customers to say, you know, this is for us to improve our relationship. It's not just about, you know, getting work done, but it's to make sure that this business relationship is healthy and transparent and that we can go back and look at the KPIs and actually improve and be more efficient. So it's almost like, you know, it's not just a, a customer contractor relationship anymore. It's like more, it's more of a partnership when, when we help out with our white label solution. Yeah. Nice. That's, I uh, think build, building on that too is um, part of the, the work we do with the customers we onboard to help build KPIs that mean something to them too, as opposed to just you get what you get off the shelf. And, you know, if you use the tool properly, you may or may not see value in there, but part of the need for customers is to, maybe show them what they should be thinking about and as opposed to kind of just after they purchase the left to their own devices, which um, may or may not, you know, leave them on an Island. Yeah. 
I think we kind of touched on this at the beginning, but I want to just go back and kind of verify the target audience that your solution brings. Can you elaborate a little bit more in depth on like mm-hmm. who were well, two helping? words service contractors? Right. So it started out Anyone as people in that built scaffolding, but we've, we found, I mean, gosh, well, how many different segments are we now uh, pitching to everyone from roofing companies, HVAC, plumbing, um, even, you know, municipal counties uh, who, who are doing, you know, general facilities maintenance. Um, it's, you know, services, services based work where you've got someone that's requesting the service and someone that's completing it. Uh, that's really where we've where we've uh, settled in. Nice. Where do you see the future? Let these other guys, guys uh, answer that one first. Good question. I, yeah. So my thoughts on the future is I see our company growing to serious heights that I don't think we've imagined when we initially joined the team. And a big part of that actually has to do with like what, you know, the question that we just covered about, you know, growth and things like that and what kind of clients we cater to. Um, The more we provide software and the more we customize it, the more interest we see from different areas of business, right? It started off with large industrial facilities who had, you know, maybe small different contractors working for them. And because the contractors saw that they were, you know, using this software and using the app to do their business, they showed interest in using it for themselves, right? I mean, multiple times we've had companies approach us and ask us to buy the software from us. Luckily, you know, we we uh, we resisted, and, and and it's you know, we're here to stay for the long run. But I think our business is going to grow tremendously just because of how much outreach it can get into. You know, whether it's kind of like Carrie said. A small contractor, you know, a team of 10 to 20 people or even five people or a huge facility where you have hundreds of users, um, you know, the opportunities are really endless. And a lot of it, again, has to do with the components and the capability that the software can provide because it's overall work management software. It can cater to somebody tiny. It can cater to somebody very large. And, you know, when you have that kind of outreach and capability, your business at that point just has to grow just because you are not catering only to one small client. You're catering to a lot of different uh, clients. I'm going to let George uh, answer this next. I want to hear his take. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, Harry. I want to talk about this. So um, can I say uh, our future in the next few years, maybe on a beach (laughs) in the sand with a drink in our hands, kind of relax. No, I think... I kind of want to keep it a little high level, but um, we have sectors we're focusing on the, the industrial sector, the commercial sector, and we're getting into the residential sector too. And I think something that we're, we've spent the last few months doing is setting up processes to accelerate the growth in each. Um, I know in the industrial sector, we're bringing on uh, new folks to the team who are really going to accelerate our outreach Um, and our potential in that specific area. Uh, We've been attending a lot of events recently in the commercial and residential space too um, that I don't believe were happening in the past. So we've already increased our exposure um, in that area as well. And things are just getting started. It's going to be a compounding effect of, um, you know, positive efforts. And I think in the next few years, our capacity is going to open up even more so 
um, to accelerate in those areas. And, you know, like I said, we're doing the groundwork right now to build processes that are just going to really um, be, you know, built for the, the long term in mind. Nice. Chad's podcast. Yeah. Listen, that's already. It's uh, already a winner. That's it's not over. a sign of growth. I don't know what is. Yeah, it's I over. Mean, Harry, what do you we think? We see a couple, really, I would say, big name competitors that that for for whatever reason we've been we've been able to convince customers of those competitors that that what we have is a better solution. And I, and I truly believe the reason is because we're very passionate about it and we're willing to work very closely with those customers to learn their process and to tailor our application for that. And I think that that's kind of a really big deal to a lot of these customers. And so we've kind of, I don't know, not figured that out, but that's like our sweet spot. And there's a ton of customers out there that, that aren't fully happy with what they're using. And so I, I think like, I mean, for one, we've been just the past, two, three weeks have been the busiest by far in terms of customer conversations and demos and onboardings that we've ever had. And I don't see this ever slowing down. So it's really exciting. I think that we're going to, we're going to really do a lot of good things for, for our customers who are already using software, but don't feel like they're getting that true value out of it. And, um, it's going to be a very fast year, but I think there's a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah, right. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> it's Friday. There we go. I'm with you guys. Look, I think what you're doing are what you guys are doing is amazing. It's really going to help a lot of construction companies and and just service companies. Sorry, I, I'm focused on construction, but it's service company oriented. So you guys uh, really going to provide a huge value to those organizations that provide service because they need. Uh, efficiency. They need digital transformation. They, they, there, there's no need to be hauling around papers and using Excel and all this stuff anymore. Everything can be very automated in a, when it's used correctly, right? So kudos to you guys for, for building a, a platform, a work order management system platform like Stilt and uh, growing the business. I look forward to talking to you guys next year or maybe later this year if you guys find anything or come up with a topic you want to talk about. I'd love, I'd love the love to chat about that more. Uh, Harry, how can everybody get a hold of you? And yeah, so stiltindustrial.com. That's our website. You can also email me, Harry at stiltwork.com. Best place though, I'm connected to chat on LinkedIn and I probably like not every post he makes because you are wild. You're on fire with those, but um, always usually liking and commenting on chat stuff. So I'm sure you, Anyone who wants to get in touch with us, you'll see my name pop up there well as well. So I would say LinkedIn's a great place. Hey man, I gotta learn how to figure out these <laughs> yeah. algorithms and see what works best. That's the point. <laughs> it might be crazy, but it makes yeah. it's, it's all the methods of the madness, man. That's for sure. But all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me and uh right, look forward care. to the next thank time. You. Have a great day.